really well. The tent was the song. Can we give the Lord a praise? But I, I really do believe that uh, we had some really good help and, and a lot of guys that were here. And so, uh, you know, we, the tent is up. By God's grace, we're going to keep it up. But there is just kind of the setup and the takedown every, every service and uh, every Sunday. And then, of course, on Wednesdays. If you don't know, we are going to be having Wednesday night services throughout these next couple of months as well. And so at 7 o'clock, we encourage you guys to come out and be with us. We're doing a study right now on the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And last week, we talked about who was the Holy Spirit, just kind of laying the groundwork. And we're just going to dive right into the deep end uh, on this. And we're going to be talking about the baptism with the Holy Spirit. So I want to encourage you to come out and be with us this coming Wednesday as we talk about what is the purpose, what is the power, what is, what, what is behind receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And what does that look like? What does that sound like? What does that mean for me? And I know you're going to be blessed by it, encouraged by it, so I hope that you guys will come out and be with us. It's a lot of fun. And then afterwards, on Wednesdays, we're, we're going to do something special. I'm not sure what Michonne has lined up for Wednesday, but we're going to be doing s'mores and things like that uh, on the occasion and, and just having refreshments afterwards for just having a good time. Amen. Are you guys ready to get into the Word of God? This is church after all. We're camping with God. This is our version of camping with God. So this is what we're going to do. None of you need to go camping on the weekend. You can come here and do it. No, I'm, I'm teasing you. All right. Yeah, I know. That's messing around with people. Well, today I want to begin a new series entitled, What's in Your Bag? What's in your bag? Turn to your neighbor and ask him, what's in your bag? Now, there, there are all kinds of bags. There are big bags, there are small bags, there are makeup bags, there's diaper bags, there's duffel bags, there's garbage bags. Women have a, have a bag they call a purse or a black hole. Men, men have a bag that they call a merce or or a bro bag, or a jack bag. I have a briefcase that I carry my office stuff in. It's essentially a bag. When we go on a journey, when we take a trip, we pack our bags, our suitcases. How many in the room, when you go on a trip, you're an overpacker? See, Julie raised her hand. Out of the two of us, I pack way more. I got to be more prepared than Julie. She's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm an overpacker. How many of you are underpackers? <laughs> Only a couple of us. That must explain why you wear the same shirt. I hope that's the only thing that's the same. <laughs> Metaphorically, we all have bags or a bag that we carry through life in, in our journey. Things we need to carry, things we need in our lives, some things we don't need to carry, but we do. And every once in a while, it's good for us to go through our bag, figure out what's in there, what's going on, what am I carrying that I don't need to, what, what's missing that I need in my life. This is what I want to do for the next few weeks. I want to talk about what's in your bag. Today, I want to talk about a different kind of a bag. It's called a shepherd's bag. David was 
a shepherd of his father's sheep. And he had, the Bible said, a bag. And I don't know what a shepherd carried around in those times. I'm sure he probably, for David, I'm sure he wrapped up his sling and put it in there. Maybe he had some cheese, some bread. Maybe he had a little cutting tool. I don't know exactly everything that was in his bag at all times. But we know from the scriptures that there was an occasion when he was about ready to go into a battle, a major conflict in his life, that he found and searched out five smooth stones and put it in his bag. And that's the title of today's message. I want to I correlate David's kind of wartime or battle experience and the necessity of the five smooth stones that he put in his bag and how necessary it is for us to have that in our bag in life. Because all of us are going to face battles, and if you're not in one right now, tomorrow's coming. And, and there's, there's going to be a battle, there's going to be a giant, there's going to be a conflict in your life, and we need to be prepared for what we're going to face. And so I want to talk about this idea. Now, yes, I'm talking about David and Goliath today. I'm going to be talking about that great old story. I'm not going to read the whole passage, but I, got, I want you guys to see this. I'm just going to read a few verses of Scripture. 1 Samuel chapter 17, I want to begin at verse 40. It says, Then David took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. And he put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had, and his sling was in his hand. And he drew near the Philistine. And then after that, there's this whole conflict between David and Goliath. And then skipping down to verse 48, it says, So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag. Say that with me. He put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine in the forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. I love the Bible. I love the graphic of how graphic it is. (laughs) Just sunk into his head. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore, David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword, drew it out of his sheath, and killed him, and he cut off his head with it. Turn to somebody and tell them right now, you need to get into your bag. Go ahead and, go ahead and tell them that. Lord, I just pray over these next few moments that you would take this ancient, wonderful story and breathe new life into it today for every one of us. Lord, you know the battles that we face. You know the Goliaths that are breathing down our neck right now. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us and give us a a strategy for victory. In Jesus' name, and everybody says amen. Amen. All right, well, Tony Evans, Dr. Tony Evans, a great preacher, great pastor, said these words, if the church does not develop giant slayers at the rate the world is producing giants, we're going to lose. If the church does not develop giant slayers at the rate that the world is producing giants, 
we're going to lose. And I think there's something very accurate and true about that. We all face battles every day and in a multiple of different ways. We all face battles, many of us, all of us at times in our life, internally, battles that nobody else knows that we're dealing with, things that we're facing in our life, in our thought life, or just emotionally, what's going on in our thinking, in our mind. Uh, You know, we face battles, and, and maybe only one other person knows what we're facing right now. And then not only that, but we all face battles in our family, in our home life, oftentimes with parents and children. And, and it's not that we're against each other, but there's a warfare because there's a, a spirit of division trying to rip and to tear us apart. We face battles in our marriages. We face battles in our finances. We face warfare. We experience a Goliath kind of spirit right now that is so pervasive in our culture right now that is driving us as it was with the, in the days of David when he fought Goliath. There's, there's the enemy on one side of the valley, and there's the enemy on another side of the valley, and there's like this giant la- uh, uh, line drawn in the sand where we just feel divided, and, we don't, and, and there's this cowering spirit that has gripped our hearts, and there, there's this battle that's going on. And, and here's the point, though, that we may... We may we possibly could lose the battle if we don't step up to realize that we're there to take on the enemy and to step into our role to appropriate the victory that God has won for us at Calvary. How many of you know that Jesus already defeated the enemy? But the enemy can get a stronghold in our hearts and in our lives if we don't step into his victory and take authority in our own lives, in our own thinking, in our own heart, in our marriages, in our family, and yes, even in our society. We're not pushing back against flesh and blood. We're pushing back against the principalities and powers and dark realm in the, in, all around us right now to do battle against the Goliath of the age. And we need to be a people a giant slain kind of people that are willing to face the enemy. So this is what was going on. Israel was at a standoff with the Philistine nation. Goliath was intimidating. He was hollering out threats against the armies of Israel. And instead of advancing against the enemy, they were paralyzed with fear. Here's what the Bible said they would do. Every morning, the Israel army would get up, and they would go out to the side of the valley with shouts, a war cry shout. But you know what? They didn't do anything with it. They went out, hey! And then they saw Goliath. Whoa! And everybody cowered back, and everybody shut their mouth. They shrunk back in fear, and when David rolls up on the situation, this 17-year-old shepherd boy, he's amazed. He's utterly appalled at his own people, at King Saul, at his own brothers. They were all gripped and paralyzed with fear, and this young shepherd boy with his bag, his merce, Rolls up and he sees this, and and the long story short, he's he's so messed up by this, he convinces, he has to convince King Saul to let him go out and fight that giant. 
They were gripped by fear, but he was full of faith. And so he gets out there, and he kneels down by a brook, and meticulously and carefully finds and picks five smooth stones, and he puts them in his bag. And these stones that David picked up and put into his bag, I believe they represent the kind of stone-like qualities we need to face our giants and to win our battles. We need to pick these five smooth stones and put them into our own bag because there's a battle just around the corner or there's a Goliath breathing down your neck and God wants you to get the victory. Amen. Amen. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? So to to defeat our giants, I want to talk about the five stones. I'm just kind of drawing my own conclusion out of this. We need to pick up, first of all, the stone of fearless faith. Everybody say fearless faith. I mean, when you think about it, faith in God, if it's anything, it's got to be fearless. Come on. You, every time there was a problem with the disciples, when Jesus rolled up onto the situation, what was his first words? Fear not. Don't be afraid. Be full of faith. So this is what happened with David. When David saw the fear, when he saw the dread, when he saw the confusion of the Israel army, he said in verse 32 of 1 Samuel 17, it said, Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go out and fight that Philistine. I'm not afraid of him. I'll go out and face him, this young boy. He's not a warrior. He's a 17-year-old young man. He's never been in a battle before. He's never been at war before. All of these other people, including Saul, they've been there, but they're all standing back afraid to make a move. And David's like, I'm not afraid. There was a fearlessness in his heart. And I want to tell you something. We need to get that fearlessness in our heart today. In the church of the living God. We as the people of God, when we face our problems, when we face our difficulties, when we face our troubles, we need to get some fearlessness in our guts. Stand up to the lies of the enemy and see some victories in our life instead of always grappling with our defeats. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? Come on, let's shout under this tent today. Amen. So David, was he was absolutely not afraid. While their hearts were failing, his heart was fearless because he believed God. Ray Steadman, one of my favorite Bible teachers, he died in the early 90s. I still listen to him today. Ray Steadman said these words. He said, this is the mark of a true Christian. True Christians are to be completely fearless, continually cheerful, and constantly in trouble. Come on now, that'll preach all day long. Ray Steadman said, this is the mark of a Christian life. This is what God has called us to. To be completely fearless. Continually cheerful. And constantly in trouble. Come on. Listen. You thought, oh, when I gave my heart to Jesus, I didn't expect to have all this trouble. I hope... 
I hope to the Lord above that we haven't implied to you that when you give your heart to Jesus, things are going to be hunky-dory because they're not going to be hunky-dory. This is going to be bad. Listen, before Jesus, the devil had you. But now that Jesus has you, the devil's trying to get you. And people think that, oh, I gave my heart to Jesus and I thought everything, I, th- well, I, I, I thought we were supposed to have the abundant life. Well, read the first part of John 10.10. The thief comes to kill, still, or still kill and destroy. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So yes, we do have the abundant life. But there's another half to that verse that says there's still a devil, and he's still evil, and he still attacks, and he still tries to discourage us and disillusion us and deceive us. And whenever you set out to do the will of God and fulfill the purpose of God for your life, you're going to find yourself smack in the middle of trouble. Amen. Amen. No sooner do you... Listen, I thought this tent idea was a great idea back in April. (laughs) But you should have been here the last couple of weeks. I know you're here, you're enjoying it, and I no harm, no foul, but I'm telling you, trouble, trouble, trouble. Whenever you set out to do the will of God or, or fulfill what you feel like God's put in your heart, get ready. Trouble's on its way. But you know what? Be completely fearless. Amen. You're going to be in constant trouble. So what do you, how do you handle it? Be completely fearless. I think that's a good word from a dead preacher. Amen. Who's living with Jesus today. So, stone number one, fearless faith. Stone number two, confident faith, or a confident attitude. So so David said, don't let anyone's heart fail, right? I'm not afraid. I'll go fight him. We need to get that in us, right? Then, listen to Saul, verse 33. Then Saul said to David, watch this, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. You're just a boy. You're just a youth. He's been a warrior from youth. He's been doing this a long time. You're never going to be able to do this. The lies, the thoughts, the feelings. You're not going to be able to conquer this battle in your life. You're not going to be able to conquer this issue in your heart. You're never going to be able to make a difference in your culture, in your town, in your life, in your city. You're not good enough to fight this. Come on. And then David said, oh, you've come too late to tell me I can't do it. He said, I was out there watching my father's sheep, and a bear came and snatched one up, and I killed that bear with my bare hands. You talk about bear, I got bear. And I killed him with my bare hands. And then he said, there was another time a lion snatched one of my father's sheep, and I took it, rescued it from its mouth. And then it turned to destroy me, and I took it by its mane, and I destroyed it with my bare hands. David had already been there. David had already experienced the victory. David had already experienced what God 
could do through a person who is willing to be brave, to be courageous. And he learned, man, I can, by my God, I can leap over a wall. What are you talking about? Amen. I'm talking about what's in your bag. You need to have some confident attitude in your bag. Because you're going to face some stuff down the road, and it's not going to be pretty. And it's going to take somebody who's got some confidence. Now listen, David was not self-confident, but he was confident that God would give him the power and the ability to do it with his own hands, with his own ability, by the ability of God. He wasn't putting his trust in him. Self, he was putting his trust in God to give him the ability to do it. And see, this is really important. I know it's a slight little nuance, but we got to get this in our heart. We don't want to be self-confident or arrogant, but we want to be God-confident that he can do it through me. We need to get that. You need to understand that the victory is yours and God wants you to go out. Let me say it this way. This isn't original to me, but I really believe this. I can't do it without God. But God has chosen not to do it without me. And so what, what, when I face a battle, when I go up against a stronghold, when I set out or I get God's leading on something or I'm going to deal with some issue in my life, God is, it's not like God says, well, I help those who help themselves. No. It's like this. God says, don't trust in your own strength. Don't believe in yourself of yourself. Believe in me and let me work through you. You start taking the step of faith. You take the step of risk, and I will show up every time. Amen. Amen. And we got to get this confidence in us. We need to get this stone of confident faith, confident attitude in our bag so that when Goliath shows up, we realize that, again, like David said in a psalm, by my God, I can leap over a wall. You can't stop me. Amen. Now, we need to live by this mantra. Paul said in Ephesians 3.20, it won't come up on the screen, but that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we are able to ask or think according to the power that works in us. His power is at work in us. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, get in your bag. Go ahead. Now, is it heating up or am I blowing hot air up here? Thank God. This morning at 45 degrees, oh, I was just like, oh, Lord, please. God is good. It's getting hot. We need to pick up the stone on number three of proven faith. Everybody say proven faith. So Saul said to David, okay, you can go out and fight him, but here's what I need you to do. You can't do this with that little bag full of goodies and your little sling, you need extra protection. You need extra skill. You need extra ideas. And so he put his helmet on David. He put his coat of mail on him. He gave him his sword. And the Bible said that David 
took a walk in all of that garb. And he could hardly maneuver it. And David said in Psalms 38, 39, it says, let's look at it here. It says, so Saul clothed David with his armor. And he put a bronze helmet on his head. And he also clothed him with a coat of mail. And David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk for he had not tested them. Everybody say he didn't test them. He didn't test them. And David said to Saul, I can't work with this. I can't walk with all this stuff on. I've not tested them. I've not literally proven them. I haven't put these things into practice in my life. And then, so David took them off. Everybody say, take it off. So Saul didn't think that David could do it without special equipment. But David couldn't do it any other way than how God showed him to do it. This is really a a very subtle but important point. Some of us think we think like Saul talked to David. Oh, if you need a victory, you you need to get to the right person with the right information who knows how to do the right prayer. You need to learn their process and their procedure and put it on yourself and there's your victory. You got to get with the right person at the right time, at the right place. How many of your life is taking wrong turns? Come on, are you with me out there? And we start thinking in our mind like Saul was talking to David. You can't do this. And then he's like, let me do it because God's already given me power over the lion and the bear. He says, okay, well, all right, but you got to wear this. You got to wear this because you'll never make it. And David tried it. He tried it. But he's like, no, this is not going to work for me. This is not how God worked in me and through me before. It's kind of like when pastors, we pastors sometimes, we go to pastors conferences. And essentially it's a conference on how to have a really big church like everybody else. And we sit out there and we want these great big you know, pastor names that have these large churches. Tell us the processes. Tell us the procedures. Clothe us with your armor. And then we come back home and we put it on and we look and feel frumpy and dumpy (laughs) because we're trying to do somebody else's victory our way. And there's really no other way to do this than to prove it. you got to prove your faith. See, David lived out there where nobody else was. He was all by himself. In fact, when, they, when King Samuel, or I'm sorry, Prophet Samuel came to anoint one of David's sons, they kept referring to David as the boy out back, the boy in the field. Yeah, we got a boy back there. Five times they called him a boy. And he's out in the field. And finally, Samuel anoints him. And comes to him. But he was out there all by himself. And he learned to listen to God. He learned to walk in the power of God. That's where he learned to do battle. He proved his faith out there in practice. His own processes. His own procedures. Not trying to get a quick fix through somebody else's victories. It doesn't work that way. Now it's okay. You can call me if you're in dire need. But I'll send you to Daniel. (laughs) 
He's, he's smarter than me. No, I, you, I, I would definitely talk and visit with anybody and have and will until the, the day I die. But you know, I'm not your victory. You can't put my stuff on and get victory for yourself. You got to work this out. You got to get up in the morning and read the Bible yourself. You got to pray. You need to t- take some time and fast occasionally. You need, to, you need to show up to church Sundays and Wednesdays. And you need to hear the Word of God. And you need to get it in your spirit. And you need to prove this stuff yourself. Instead of getting yourself in over your head and I need somebody's coat of armor. I'm dying out here. Get alone with God. David did. He spent his life alone with God in the presence of Almighty God to the point where he was ready. You need to get this in your bag. Work it out. Paul said it, Paul said it like this. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work it out. Listen, Jesus has already worked it in. You know what you are? If you gave your heart to Jesus, you're saved. You don't even have to worry about it. You're a child of God. If, God forbid, something happened and you died, you leave this life right into the presence of the Lord to be absent in bodies, to be present with the Lord. You don't have to worry about that. You're saved, but what you need to do now with your salvation is work it out. Work out your salvation. Put, your, put action to your faith. Put, put uh, mobility to your steps. Go for it. Prove your faith. You need, you're going to need you're going to need this stone for the battle. So David was ready for Goliath because he's like, I know how this works. I don't look much, like much on the outside, but I've got my victories and I've got my testimony. And I know how this works. And I don't need your, your ideas or your strategies to get my victory. Come on, is this saying anything to anybody? So we need to pick up the stone of proven faith. Here's another one. We need to pick up the stone of bold declaring faith. We need to boldly declare our trust, our confidence in God. So here's what happened. David went out there. He found these five smooth stones. The Bible said he put them in his bag, and then he made his way toward Goliath. And when Goliath got a glimpse of David, he was, he was mad because here he is, this giant of a man, which for 40 days the Israel army just would, they wouldn't leave the hillside. They would lift up a battle cry, but they wouldn't do anything. And he had them so scared and so intimidated. But here comes this little 17-year-old kid marching out to meet him. And so the, the Bible says that, that, Saul, or, uh, that Goliath made his way to him and started just ridiculing him and scorning him and just saying, I'm going to destroy you. In fact, he said, bring it on. Like, come on over here. Let's fight. I'm going to squash you. And then it says in verses 45 and verse 46, Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. 
and I will strike you, and I will take your head from you. Now it's bold. I'm going to cut your head off. That's what he's saying to this giant of a man. He's like, I'm going to take, I'm going to sever your head from your body. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to destroy you. Amen. I, I just love that kind of talk. I don't, I don't talk that way, but I love that kind of talk. Where am I? And he said, this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. So Goliath was spewing out his lies, intimidating or trying to intimidate David, trying to get in his head. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to destroy you. And he had said to David, I'm going to feed your carcass. I'm going to feed your body to the birds and the wild beasts. So Goliath had already said that. David said, "Uh uh-uh, I'm going to do it to you. Right? And so David came right back with the truth. Goliath was trying to get in his head with, you're not going to survive this. You're not going to make it. But David came right back with the truth, and he boldly declared who his God was, who he was and who the children of Israel were, that God was going to be glorified. The enemy was not going to win. Amen. You know, we need to start getting bold with our mouth where it concerns the truth of God. If you're fighting a battle, literally open up your mouth and speak to the spirit of the age and the spirit of the air that is pervasive all around us The Bible said that the enemy is the prince of the power of the air. Start declaring out of your mouth. The Bible said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. This is an act of faith. Taking authority over the lies that are coming against you. If it's happening in your car, by all means, pull over to the side, just like you do when you answer your cell phone. And talk to, the, talk to the darkness. Declare over the spirit of the age. No, you have no authority here. Amen. Start declaring it. Get bold. Tell him you're going to cut off his head. Amen. I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to take you out. Not too long ago, I was, well, it's actually back in 2020. I can tell you exactly when it was. 2020, I think it was the month of October. I had a dream. This is going to be weird. It's graphic like the Bible. But it's going to be weird, so I hope I can pull it together here. But I had a dream that I was being attacked by bees. And I was swatting them away. And then the, I, the, all of a sudden, when I'm going backward trying to get away from this wasp or this bee, a web came out of nowhere and just... Like, like Spider-Man, you know, the, the web came out and grabbed it and sucked it up into its web. And then I had a close-up image of the face of this bee and in my dream, and it, it looked very demonic. It looked at me, and it snarled at me, and, and all of a sudden, this white, there was a white spider up there. I don't have any idea what any of this means, but hang with me. There was a white spider up, up there. And it went right over to that thing, and it just cut off its head. And then this just really yucky-looking stuff just poured out of that bee. And then I heard, in, in, my, in, my, in my dream, I literally heard, 
And to me in the dream, it seemed as if God was saying, you cut off its head, you drain it of its power. And I knew, I knew that the Lord was dealing with me of some attack. And he was saying to me, what you've got to do is you've got to sever this thing at the head. You need to take authority. And the Bible says that we can say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. We have to get bold in declaring the truth. And we need to do that because the enemy will just crowd us all the time. You remember in the book of Acts chapter 16 when Paul was in the city of Philippi and he was preaching the gospel and everywhere he went, there was this demonic, this demonic uh, oppressed girl that was following after them, and she wasn't even saying anything really evil, but she was manipulating and drawing attention away from the gospel and to herself. And this went on for days and days and days, and finally it said that Paul got, he just got sick and tired of it. And he rebuked the demon spirit in that girl. She got set free. The enemy got conquered, but guess what happened? Trouble. Come on now, are you with me out there? Get ready for trouble. But listen, you can be fearless and you can still overcome. But you got to have this stuff in your bag. You got to be ready. You got to have some bold declaration. What Paul did there when he was being hounded by this evil spirit, he finally just said, I've had enough of it and I'm going to speak to it. And he did. It opened another door of trouble. But then the gospel spread like wildfire in that region. God's up to something good. Tell somebody that right now, would you? God is up to something good. So we need to pick up the stones. So when you hear that Goliath voice of lies flowing through your brain, you need to come back with the voice of truth. Your voice. Your voice. Amen. And then there's one final. This is it. One final stone, and that's the stone of heroic faith. Heroic faith. So the scriptures go on and tell us that David stood there before Goliath and he just reached in his bag. I love that. He reached in his bag and he pulled out a stone. Which stone did he pull out? What stone? Was it the best one? There's no indication. He just, he just reached in and he pulled out. It's not that these five stones, I, we know that he probably had five because you know, a lot of scholars believe because we find out later that Goliath had four other brothers, or at least they were relatives, and so David maybe was preparing, if he had to, take out the whole family. But we don't know that for sure. Um, but anyway, he had five in there, and he just reached into one. Listen, you only need one. All of them are good, but in a, any given battle with God, maybe just one of them's your answer. Amen. And so he reached in and he grabbed it. And here's what verse 51 says. Therefore David ran and stood over. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me just stop right there. That's after he slung it. He, he, he slung that stone and it sunk into his head. He cut off his head. Then, verse 51, it says, Then David ran over and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Everybody said they fled. And then verse 52 tells us that the Israel army 
then pursued them, and God gave them a great victory that day. And when I was reading in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, the, the Hebrew writer's talking about people of heroic faith, right? Hebrews, that's the faith chapter. And then at the end of that chapter, he says, and, and we don't even have time to go into Barak and Jephthah and Samuel and David. Who, who, he said right after that, were made strong in weakness. In other words, in and of themselves, they were weak, but God made them strong and put to flight alien armies. That's what happened when David fought Goliath that day. He put the enemy on the run. Hallelujah. Come on, how many of you need that in your life once in a while? Where you're not feeling like you're being chased, but you're, you're running after and going after it. And God wants us to have this in our lives. So a hero-type person inspires other people to live up to their full potential. That's what happened. When Israel saw this 17-year-old shepherd boy get the victory over, the Goliath, over Goliath, they all jumped on the bandwagon, right? But listen, this is not a bad thing because we live in a time right now where God is looking for some giant slayer-type men and women in the age in which we live that are going to stand up to the Goliaths that are breathing down our neck, our neck, and that means internally, personally, or even in our culture, that we, they're, they're just coming against us, but we need to have that kind of faith that we believe that God can give the victory, and we go after it. And when we do, then it inspires other people. That's what a hero does. It's kind of like uh, when I was a little boy, and I used to watch the old, how many of you, appreciate the old 1960s Batman. Come on, now that's real Batman right there in those gray leotards with that, that plastic mask and Robin and, you know, the pow and all of that. Well, once I was done watching the show, guess what I was doing? I was putting on my cape. I was pretending. I, why? I was so inspired by... I guess, I don't know, that faith, that ability, that strength. That's what faith does. In fact, in the book of Hebrews, we're told, imitate the faith of others. Now, you don't need their processes, but you need to imitate their faith and their trust and their belief and their confidence in God. Look at what they're doing and see how God is giving them the victory. And don't try to be them. You be you. You do you. But imitate that kind of faith. Stand up and fight. And so we can all be like the Apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. I'm not doing this for me. I want you to get the victory too. And church, People can follow your faith if you'll put it into action. This is what God wants to do. This is what God, God wants you and I to get these five smooth stones in our bag. So we can get in our bag because we're going to face an enemy. And maybe you're facing one right now. Can I have somebody come to the piano? Let's, um, let's just pause for a moment right now if we could. In the presence of the Lord, could you just uh, just right now just um, 
I don't know, you can bow your head and close your eyes if you want, but let's just let this word sink into our spirit just right now. Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now in this place. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Oh, God, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for this beautiful weather. Thank you for all the rain, God, and the moisture that's been coming recently. And we want to thank you, too, for even the winds, because, Lord, it reminds us that there's a wind of your spirit that blows refreshing upon our soul. I pray that you would do that here this morning. Even this breeze right now, let it be a reminder, Lord, that you just want to blow in and through our lives and empower us. Give us courage and boldness, Lord, resiliency to face the things that we're facing. Lord, I'm sure that there are people here right now that are facing a battle. You know, if you, just, if you would just kind of bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment, I wonder if there's anyone in the room that would say, Tim, I am right now in the thick of a battle. I'm just going through a battle right now. Just, just slip your hand up right now and just hold it up just for a second. Thank you. Thank you so much. I believe God wants you to get the victory. Now, if you don't mind, those of you who raised your hand, would you just stand to your feet? I'm not trying to embarrass you because we all face battles. But if you're in the midst of one right now, would you just stand to your feet? Maybe nobody else knows what you're facing or feeling or going through. Now, if I could have a Christian brother or sister go to, like if I could, if I could have a man go to a man and a lady go to a lady and just stand by their side, just put your hand upon them. I, wanna, I want you to, let's, let's pray for these that are standing. I, yes, I have a couple of ladies right here in the middle. God cares, God cares. God, God is here today. The Lord is here to give victory today. Now you can lean over and if you want to say something to them, you can. You don't have to tell anybody anything. If it's a battle in your home, if it's a battle in your heart, if it's a battle in, at your job, whatever the case may be, you could just let them know that. Now church, let's all engage right now. Don't, don't disengage. Don't pull away. We're doing business with God right now. So Lord, have your way in every life and in every heart, every man Every woman that's standing, just lay your hand on them and just pray for them. Pray for them. Pray, speak prayers over them that God would give them the victory. Lord, have your way. We pray, God, some are facing a physical battle where they are uh, physically attacked. And Lord, they need healing power. They need the victory of healing. Some are facing marriage battles. Some are facing family battles, God. We pray right now, God, that they would slay their Goliath. God, that you would give them the courage and the confidence to know that you're a God of victory.
Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, as these continue to pray, and please do that, could all of us just stand right now? Would all of us just stand? Just continue ministry if you need to or want to. And can we lift our hands to Jesus in this tent this morning? Lift up your hands. The Bible says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary. Lift up your hands in the tent. This is our tent of meeting today. Lord, we love you. We honor you in this place. Thank you for a beautiful day and a beautiful morning. God, we just glorify you right now. Come on, lift up your voice. Let this tent be filled with the voices of praise. Just love Jesus right now. Using your own words, just praise him. Lord, I love you and I honor you. Lord, we thank you that you're going to give us the victory. You're going to give us the victory, Lord. You're going to give us the victory. Hallelujah. You're so good. By my God, I can leap over a wall. Hallelujah. Oh God, you're so good. You're so good. You're so good, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. How many are planning on going to uh, Uptown today? What is that called? The Folk Fest. Anybody going to go up to the Folk Fest today? Awesome. May God be... I, You know, we usually have prayer afterwards, but I think ministry got done. If that's okay, I'm just going to bypass that. So good to see you guys. Come out and be with us on Wednesday if you're not doing anything, and I know you're not.